This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor that you have defeated the enemy and made the way possible for your people to enter and to have the promised land. So we give you the praise and the glory, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts about gaining victory in our lives. Thank you so much for this service of worship and praise. We focus on you, Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Thank you that you hear our prayers, that you incline your ears to us, that you are a prayer-hearing and prayer-answering God who does above and beyond whatever we could ask or even imagine. To you be all the glory and praise in your church throughout all generations and in Christ Jesus. And we pray as your son Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, Russ Brinkley will read for us from Joshua chapter 6, verses 15 to 20. Welcome back. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. We read from Joshua, chapter 6, verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpets sound, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city.
I am blessed. Today's message, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. We're looking at Joshua chapter 5 and chapter 6. How to win our Jericho battles. Imagine that you're part of the people of Israel. God has done a miracle for the people in drying up the land to cross the River Jordan when it was at flood stage. You have crossed over. Yay! Miracle. Problem, there's Jericho. It is the biggest, most fortified city in all of Canaan. And it's locked up tight. Highest security. No one can get in. Impenetrable. And you're thinking, how are we going to have victory in this situation? So there are five principles from chapters 5 and 6 that I think apply to us when we face our own Jericho. What is it that you're facing? Is it a health issue? Is it a financial issue? Is it a relational issue? Is it a faith issue having to do with your spiritual growth? Maybe it's a battle against this particular temptation. Whatever your Jericho is, I believe these biblical principles will help you to experience victory in the Lord. And let me briefly say them, and then we'll go into each of them. First, God defeats our enemies internally. Secondly, God rolls away our reproach. Third, God gives us our daily bread. Fourth, Jesus is our commander-in-chief. And fifth, there is victory in Jesus. Let's look at these principles as they are in the text. First of all, God defeats our enemies internally. In Joshua chapter 5, the very first verse, it says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. So we had learned from Rahab that the people were already struggling with fear about God's reputation of delivering his people because they had heard from years earlier, 40 years earlier, that he had dried up the Red Sea. And now he dries up the Jordan River and the people of Israel cross over. They have lost it. They are totally demoralized. They have a dreadful fear. They are terrorized because this is an almighty God. And we need to know that, yes, even the demons believe in God and they tremble. God has already worked victory for us. He has saved us. He's going to sanctify us and he's going to glorify us. And we are to trust him and cooperate with him and follow him and fix our eyes upon him and know that he gives the victory. There may be enemies that you think are insurmountable, but God is already ahead of you 
working to make a way where there seems to be no way. Secondly, God rolls away our reproach. In Joshua chapter 5, verses 4 to 5, God had spoken to Joshua to have the younger generation circumcised. And it says in Joshua 5, 4 to 5, now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. So we have here that as long as the younger generation remains uncircumcised, there's reproach, there's shame, there is something amiss in their relationship with God. You see, circumcision represents covenant relationship with God. It is the mark that they are the people of God. So by the younger generation being circumcised, it was a ritual that reaffirmed their relationship with the Lord. Before you beat your Jericho, make sure you're right with the Lord. Make sure you're obeying all that you know that should be obeyed. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, in rolling away the approach, it says this very specifically in Joshua 5, 9, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place had been called Gilgal to this day. And Gilgal sounds like the Hebrew word for roll. God took away their shame. God took away their identity as slaves, which they were in Egypt, and gave them a new identity as children of God. And he forgives and he wipes their slate clean. So circumcision represents a cutting off of that which is of the world, that which is um, unacceptable to God. They were renewed, they were revived in their faith. In Joshua 5, 10 to 12, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover, having obeyed the Lord, having drawn closer to the Lord and renewed their relationship with the Lord. The younger generation that was about to face their Jericho remembered what God had done in delivering them from bondage in Egypt. They celebrated the Passover. You know the significance of Passover that everyone who had the blood of a blemish-free lamb painted on their lentils and doorposts, the spirit of destruction passed over those homes. And there were no deaths in those homes. Those who did not have the blood covering experienced death. And it's a symbol of Jesus. Jesus is our Passover lamb. 
he died and his blood was shed and we are, our sins are washed away by his blood and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, get rid of the old hamets, that is the um, unleavened stuff, the leavened stuff, so that you may be a new batch just as you are unleavened for Messiah, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. This is a call to uh, rejoice in the finished work of Jesus on the cross on our behalf. And that's what we'll be doing in this service as we observe communion. The next principle is that Jesus gives us our daily bread. Joshua 5, 10 to 12, the day after, uh, excuse me, um, <laughs> okay, the, the day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. So as soon as they moved into the promised land, there was no more need for this supernatural bread that would show up on the ground every day for them to collect. Manna. The word manna means, what is it? When they saw it, they said, what is it? Mana. And that was God's supernatural provision while they traveled to the wilderness. When you think about God's faithfulness, he provided food for them daily, and he provided so that their clothing, both their clothes and their sandals, did not wear out in the 40 years that they were wandering in the wilderness. God took good care of them, and God's taken good care of you. He's providing for you. And that's why God wants us to have a dependent relationship on him, and that's why Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily manna, our daily bread. We are to rely on the Lord who provides, and when we do, we are equipped to face and to be victorious with our Jericho. The next principle is that Jesus is our commander-in-chief. In Joshua 5, 13 to 15, we have a theophany. A theophany means a revelation of Jesus Christ before his incarnation. And so we have here, it says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Now I want to answer the question, was this an angel or was this Jesus? And there's three proofs that show that this was Jesus, a, theo a the theocracy a theophany. And number one is that Joshua fell face down and worshipped him. You know from the book of Revelation 
that when John fell down to worship an angel, the angel said, get up. I'm a fellow servant of the Lord. You don't worship me, you worship God. But in this case, this man standing there with the drawn sword accepted the worship of Joshua. The second proof that this is Jesus is that um, Jesus said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. Just as Moses saw the burning bush and uh, the voice of God said, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground, the Lord said that again to Joshua. And the third proof that this is the Lord Jesus is that in chapter 6, verse 2, the second paragraph on this slide, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. And uses Lord, capital L-O-R-D, which is the divine name of God, Yahweh. I am who I am. So Jesus, before his incarnation where he became a man, shows up and as commander, and the Hebrew word is sar, and it means prince, as the prince of princes, as the commander-in-chief. He says, Joshua, I'm not on your side and I'm not on their side. I am a uh, one in charge, um, and you are to worship and obey. And I have decided, I've resolved that I will give Jericho into your hands. So Jesus is our commander and in chief. And finally, there is victory in Jesus. Jesus gives Joshua specific instructions, a military strategy for overcoming his Jericho. And here it is. Joshua 6, 1 to 5. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. If you were Joshua and you have fought many military battles in the past and the Lord gave you these instructions, what do you think Joshua might have been thinking? This sounds crazy. What kind of strategy is this? It's a strange strategy. But God, his ways are above our ways as high as the heavens are above the earth. And he knows what he's talking about, and he knows what's true and right. And he asks Joshua to obey. And certainly Joshua does obey, and as we know, the walls came a-tumbling down. But here's a very important point. If you were to ask the question, what was God's strategy for saving humankind? And you found out the strategy was for him to become a human, for him to live a holy life, for him to die on the cross and have his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins, and for him to rise on the third day, you would think 
That's a strange strategy. But it's 100% true and solid and has provided our all-sufficient salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So certainly the outcome, according to Joshua 6.20, was when the trumpet sounded and the army shouted at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They had the victory in Jesus. Right after that, Joshua 6, 26, 27, at the time Joshua pronounced this solemn oath, cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. What is the purpose of this curse that Joshua laid upon Jericho? And it's this, that Jericho was to be a permanent memorial of God's provision and deliverance. It was supposed to be a testimony to the righteous judgment of God against evil. And the city did remain desolate for 550 years. When Hael rebuilt it, Sure enough, two of his sons died, his oldest and his youngest, according to this word, a pronouncement from Joshua. The point is that when we experience victory from the Lord, it's not just our salvation of our souls, it's also the redemption of our bodies so that we'll have glorified bodies, and it's also judgment against evil that God will vindicate all the travesties that have been done, and he will vanquish the evil one forever. So we praise God for the total victory there is in Jesus. Now we apply this to our lives. Remember your Jericho? What is it? Is it health? Is it finances? Is it relational? Is it uh, a temptation? that you're struggling with. Let's walk through the principles. Number one, God has it taken care of. He's gone before you. Do you believe that? Secondly, God has rolled away your reproach and has restored your relationship with him. He loves you. He forgives you. He accepts you. And God is for you, not against you. Do you believe that? Third, do you believe that God provides for what you need? Okay, with that in your heart, salute the Lord as commander-in-chief. Say, aye, aye, Captain, whatever you say. What is your strategy for overcoming my Jericho? Listen to him. Obey him. Follow him. And watch him make a way where there seems to be no way. You will experience victory in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the principles from your word that we can apply to our lives. And I pray for my dear friends right here today. They're facing a Jericho. I don't know what that Jericho may be, but I pray that you would give them victory. That as they seek your face, as they 
draw closer to you, that they would see your provision and your protection and your guidance, and that they would experience an overcoming of whatever obstacle is before them. Bless them and thank you for them. Thank you for Jesus, who's our Passover lamb, that because of his shed blood, washing away our sins, covering us with his righteousness, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you that as we come to the Lord's table, we can do this in remembrance of our Lord, who gave us the greatest redemption, who set us free, and who has forgiven us and delivered us from wrath. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Amen. We have just a few uh, brief announcements for you. First of all, we want to say a happy birthday to Tipton Waters, who is 87 years today uh, on, on July 11th. Happy birthday, Tipton. We want to encourage you, if you'd like, to come to our men's prayer breakfast on Tuesday at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. And Melba Wellsbury just told me she's going to make her world-famous biscuits and gravy. So we are so excited about that. And we have a Bible study as well. So you're fed spiritually and physically um, with this men's breakfast. Our stamp ministry uh, is this coming Tuesday, the 18th. And uh, we'll, it meets the first and third Tuesday of the month. And it's at 1 o'clock. And so they cut stamps and recycle them for money to support missions. Tuesday, June 18th is this Tuesday. Then we have the International Women of the Bible. And, uh, excuse me, that would be a couple of Tuesdays away from now. The International Women of the Bible will start again in September. So you have the rest of the summer off. The book of Hebrews, Reasons to Praise Jesus, chapters 1 to 13, are available for two, $10 for two volumes. And the book of Colossians, $5 for one album. Worth getting and listening to and sharing with friends and family. We now have additional pictures and addresses to add to your spiral directory. So you can pick them up at the table in the foyer, or you can bring in your book, and Ruth can help add them to your pictorial directory. So this is our way of putting a name with a face and having contact information to be the family of God, the body of Christ. So you're welcome to that. And then an offering box is located at the back of the sanctuary for your financial giving, and you can fill out a yellow response card with your prayer requests or address changes. Let's pray. Lord, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We were so blessed by Lloyd Roby's uh, a wonderful musical presentation, um, and we thank you for his talent and for his wife, Nancy. What a blessing to have them with us today. Thank you for all that uh, they do for the Paradise community, and we pray that you would use them greatly to reach the Paradise community for Christ. Thank you for Lloyd's involvement with Gideon's International and the distribution of the scriptures. Bless him and the camp in this area as they pass out the word of God. Thank you for that Gideon's work. Lord, we continue to pray thanking you for your love and care <clears throat> and pray for these precious ones that we mentioned earlier, uh, Jean Pease and Eileen Wood <clears throat> and uh, Betty and Daryl's 
uh, daughter uh, as she travels. And the request that we made of you, thank you for listening and hearing and answering. And Lord, help us to be more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.